Hi, I'm Angela Lee and welcome to the Will to Live podcast where we share with you the gifts of living. I speak to inspiring wellness leaders, mums, celebrities, business people, super grannies and more to help you live your potential, connect to your purpose and bring joy to your life. Discovering your will to live a fulfilling life starts now. Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Will to Live podcast and today we have Dr. Rick Ritchie all the way from New York so I'm very excited about this one so welcome Rick. Thank you it's good to be here I appreciate it. Yeah it's so great you know with technology we can really reach people around the world and you know Rick is really doing some absolutely amazing things. I actually met him at the Asia Fitness Conference last year and he's got an amazing energy. He's an extremely intelligent guy. All of his sessions fill out. He's he's so knowledgeable on so many things and I'm really excited to have him on today and share some of his words of wisdom. So Rick has worked in the Thank fitness you. industry since 2002 as a certified personal trainer, licensed massage therapist, college and university adjunct professor. National Academy of Sports Medicine faculty instructor, author, subject matter expert, and talent for fitness industry, educational videos, textbook, and web-based content. He has presented at numerous fitness conferences within the US and internationally. He owns independent training spot, New York City-based personal training gyms, and is the co-owner of Recover, a recovery center in New York City focused on minimizing physical and cognitive stress. We're going to be talking a lot about that today, which I'm excited about. And Rick hosts the NASM CPT podcast and holds a master's degree in exercise science and a doctorate in health science. So there you go. That's a, all that's right. a fire there, isn't it? That's It's all happening. <laughs> if I knew you were going to read all of that, I would have made it much shorter. <laughs> no, I just like, I, that's not too long, actually. That's a nice one. What I'd love to... Um, because a lot of the, I guess, the listeners on this side of the world um, may not have heard about you as much. I'd love for you to share a bit about, I guess, your journey in the industry, because I love hearing, you know, how people end up doing what they're doing. I think it's pretty cool. And I know there's a few years to go through there, but, and how do you go from sort of entering the industry to sort of doing what you've done, you know, in particular, opening a recovery centre in, in yeah. New York? Yeah, thank you. Um, well, I'll... I think I, I started the reason that most people started, even though it's not the answer that most people will give you. Uh, most people say that they got into training to help people. And I don't believe that. I believe they stay in training to help people. Mm. But we get into training for free gym memberships and because it's a cool job. And so that's exactly what I did. Yeah. I thought it would be really cool to be a trainer. I would like my, my free gym membership. And then... The reason I stayed in it and continued to pursue education and things like that is because I found it to be incredibly helpful and rewarding, not just for me personally doing a job that is still indeed cool, um, but also working with people who are getting real results and experiencing things that um, that they didn't think that they would experience at any point in their life that they kind of... Uh, you know, hung their hats up and said, there's, there's nowhere for me to go. I'm not going to be fit. I'm not going to lose weight. I'm not going to be out of pain and on and on and on with different mm. concerns that they have. And ultimately, um, when you help people, then it's a, it's a nice driving force for doing something better. So, mm. um, so I did. So I went back to school and uh, did all of those things and helped people in one-on-one and group X and live video content, writing content, textbooks, um, and 
just ultimately, you know, I, I, I did, I found my place in this world and that's what I'm happy about. Yeah, no, it's, um, and you certainly have that. I know the people that have gone to a lot of your classes just love, you know, it, you know, you can feel your energy. That's why I actually wanted you on the podcast more for the energy that you bring to stuff. You yeah. know, before I even <laughs> knew exactly all the cool things that you did, you know? So I think it's, um, I think that's so, so important to, you know, actually bring that and turn up to everything you do, which you do really well. But I'd love to Thank sort you. of talk about when you told me about that, you have a recovery studio in, New York City that really just piqued my interest yeah. like I think that's something you know really exciting and how do you go through that process do you just you know did you see a particular need in the lead up to it was it a sort of a few years in the planning so how did you sort of come about thinking that you know recovery is sort of the type of studio you would open that's a it's a great question and a couple of years in the making as a business no but you know, through time, what we've seen in the fitness industry is an increase in supportive modalities to help people recover better. And a lot of it is dealing with tissue issues. And so I've got a tissue issue and I will say to you, hey, grab a foam roller. So then we started foam rolling probably a decade and a half ago and we were weird and I can't believe that people are wasting time at the gym rolling around on those things. And now um, it, it's pretty commonplace. And if you look at the rollers now, they've got you know uh, vibration technology and different speeds and amplitudes and frequencies that allow for that vibration to take place. And then you can include also the percussion therapies with the handheld percussion mm -hmm. devices that are out there. And so what trainers were having access to um, and what they were utilizing was starting to shift a little bit. And we started to see the implementation of personal trainers using recovery. So I was also, I am still a massage therapist and, you know, recovery was a big part of what I did. Now, because I was a personal trainer first, I was never the guy who lit candles and played ocean sounds and nothing wrong with that, but mine was orthopedically based. So it would be, uh, let me do an assessment, hop back on the table, let me do something. All right, get back up, let's see if it works. Let's reassess. Um, so it was really for an orthopedic approach. And now what, what we're doing is we're seeing all these wonderful technologies start to catch up with the desires that we want to help people move better and not just through exercise, but can we provide something that facilitates tissue repair or minimizes pain, um, can help people functionally get back to what they want to do daily. Mm. And so Ultimately, what it was is I worked with several NBA athletes and um, I'd see some of the cool stuff that they had. And I was like, I, I want that. I know that everybody that else that I know wants that. Yeah. So how do I get something like that? And if I had it, what would I do with it? Because mm. And then I probably can't afford it. And then I thought, well, what if you made a business out of it? So what if we, uh, I partnered with somebody and we purchased services? Uh, or purchase modalities and then we sell services. So now you don't have to say, hey, I wish I could afford that. All you have to do is afford 30 minutes in it, not afford an entire infrared sauna or you know compression sleeps or whatever it might be. So then bringing recovery uh, could have a new face and a new light and new, new accessibilities that weren't present before. And we've really uh, been the first ones to do this, and particularly 
with multiple modalities that focus on more than just orthopedic stress. I feel we we did an amazing job of of uh, stamping our flag in the sand and saying, "Hey, we're here." And uh, a lot of people have followed suit since then. So it's been a uh, it's been very flattering uh, to see other people do what we're doing uh, as this first um, fully comprehensive recovery studio to be developed. Yeah, no, that's so cool. Like, I love it how you it's sort of like what you know all the elite athletes they get everything right. They've got the latest of everything. They do. Yeah, because it's there's so, so cool. much money involved. So it's so cool <laughs> that you can bring it in, you know, for other people to use. I think it's really, really useful. And I think, you know, the industry has changed so much in terms of how they, like recovery is actually talked about more now and more right. people are doing it. So I think that's filtering down to the general population are realising that, you know, to actually be well, recovery is really an important aspect of your program. So right. I think that that's really something to... Yeah, that's so cool that you're doing it. So you've got some, quite a few different, I guess, modalities there. Like I'd love for you to sort of talk through, because I know that you've researched this heavily and you're so knowledgeable with so, so many different areas. I'd love for you to sort of talk through some of the main ones there and sort of explain what they are, because I think there could be people listening that go, oh, cool, well, I could maybe, I might not be in New York, but that's something that I could maybe look, look up to go and try um, somewhere yeah. and help benefit them would be really useful. Okay, uh, I'll talk through a, a couple of things that are our major, uh, well, I'll talk through our big three. Yeah. So our big three, we'll start with uh, the granddaddy of them, which is something called CVAC, C-V-A-C. It stands for Cyclic Variations and Adaptive Conditioning. Mm -hmm. And it is a giant egg-shaped pod that you go inside of, and it's a pressurized pod. So as this egg closes, and it looks like what Superman came to Earth in, and as this thing closes, it pressurizes, and then there's a vacuum that pulls air out of it. So it can pressurize and take you up as high barometrically as about 23,000 feet in elevation. So if you are at um, sea level, and I'm, I'm sure you guys use meters, and I have zero means of converting that for you. So I'm just going to stay with feet. <laughs> so if I've got um, um, sea level, then, and again, we're, we're doing uh, a system of measurements that you're gonna have trouble with probably, but um, we say it's about 15 pounds per square inch that atmosphere compresses our body at sea level. When you go up to 23,000 feet in elevation, then, and we maintain the same temperature at 72 degrees, then you have about six pounds per square inch on your body. So what it does in essence, and an, um, an airplane is pressurized and stays as about 10,000 feet in elevation. So what happens is that it will suck the air out and then it will let it come back in and it will suck it out and it'll come back in. And so you go through these waves of barometric change. So as it sucks it out and you go up high barometrically, it's also a transient hypoxia. So it's going to pull not just an air, but it's also that oxygen that you need to, to live. So the air is thinning. So your lungs are working a little bit harder, even though you're sitting there answering emails or you're on Instagram, mm -hmm. then it helps to um, get your body starts to adapting to lower levels of oxygen in the air. And because it's pulling pressure off the body, I tell people it's kind of like cupping but you're inside the cup. And as a massage therapist, the first thing I do when you come to see me, you say, this hurts and that doesn't feel right. I'm gonna do an assessment and then I'll take my hands and I'll put pressure into you. 
This does the opposite. It doesn't put pressure into you. It says, I see where this is and I'm going to take pressure off of it. And it's something that's not possible to do by any other means. So it's fascinating. Um, and then the other fascinating part about it, the peer reviewed research shows uh, several things and, and it's not a common tool. And because it's not common, there's not a lot of research that's been put into it, but we do have research that shows um, from elite athletes, there was a 5% increase in VO2 max and um, an increase, I don't remember the number, on oxygen saturation in the blood. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty good for somebody just sitting inside of a pod uh, answering emails that's already an elite level cyclist to mm -hmm. increase their VO2 max sitting there doing nothing. Um, we also have uh, decrease in chronic pain in one study and decrease in metabolic markers in pre-diabetic men in another study. So um, it, it kind of runs the, the gambit of both recovery, uh, minimizing pain, increasing function, and performance enhancement. Yeah, very cool. And so what type of people do you have coming in using that particular um, piece of equipment? Is it particular, like, is it more athletes or more, you know, more for the pain? Or you, I guess you see a bit of everything or? We do see a bit of everything, but we've been marketing it recently towards athletes, and we made a big push in the, we had the New York City Marathon in November, mm -hmm. and so it was a big push leading up to it, and what had happened was we had somebody that was a writer for the Wall Street Journal a few months before the New York City Marathon. She was going to do um, London. And she wanted to, to have her personal best and she could never break the four hour mark for her marathon. And she's run seven, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so what she did is she came to us and she worked with us on her recovery and we did help her with the performance things like with the CVAC. Mm -hmm. And um, she was able to, I think do it was like a 347 marathon time. So oh, she broke that four hour mark that she couldn't get and she broke it um, handedly and she wrote about it in the Wall Street Journal. And so we've been using that article just as something to publish and, and focus where people would say, okay, I'm working on a triathlon. I'm getting ready for the New York City Marathon, the Brooklyn Half, uh, Berlin, whatever it is that they plan on running. So we've been gearing it a lot towards marathon runners and triathletes and we get a lot of business from that. But there are some people that have MS and we have another disease here called Lyme disease. It's not common in other places, but particularly in the north, uh, northwest and uh, I'm sorry, northeast uh, of the U.S. And it's really helpful with the symptoms of Lyme disease. So we get a unique group of people that come in and utilize the CVAC. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? Like something like that is even available now with technology. It's pretty exciting. Wow. Like, yeah, that you can sort of use yeah. something like that to get those gains, I think. Yeah, and it's just such a strange concept that it's just, you know, pulling out air and putting it back in. So you're, you're being vacuumed in a bubble and uh, it's being let back in. And that's happening in different waves at different intensities, mm -hmm. higher and lower, higher and higher and lower. And it just kind of goes through these seemingly random variations though it's planned yeah. by the company who's developed the technology yeah. to elicit certain outcomes and it's just remarkable how people think that way and go if you change barometrically that should have this effect on your physiology yeah. and if you asked me that I'd be like nah it doesn't make any sense but <laughs> people yeah. did it and 
AI and they get really wonderful results out of it. And what does it feel like when you're actually in there? Like, do you, does it feel strange or is it just, you're just sitting yeah, there? I, yeah. it, it is strange on your ears. Okay. So there, there are many things that you're not going to notice or think about hmm. except your ears. And so yeah. we're not going to go up really high your first session. It, it yeah, may yeah. be um, 3,600 feet and then 4,500 feet and then 6,000 feet until we get up to 23,000. But um, you have to elevate slowly. And it's just like working out. It's just like exercising. You don't go all in everything that you can do all at once. So your ears will get used to it. Mm. Your body gets used to it. And then you can progress how you feel. So I stayed at the first tier for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, because I had significant um, ear issues as a kid. And so it just made me like, I don't like how it makes my ears feel. Um, yeah. And it didn't hurt. It's just when you have that kind of context, mm. then it immediately is a, a red flag situation for your comfort level. Yeah. And then it got better and better and ended up writing my dissertation, the majority of it sitting in that pod. And sometimes yeah. it was not good because the when the air would come rushing back in, my computer would just start writing stuff. And I'm like, no, backspace, backspace, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, I can see the appeal for so many people. I, I guess you know, my perception of New York is how busy it is and everyone's really busy. So the fact that they can actually continue work like, and get those things is like, yeah, phenomenal, really. Yeah. yeah. Well, I will say the number one feedback that we get that has nothing to do with anything that's been reviewed in uh, empirical evidence mm -hmm. will be that it helps people sleep better. Mm. So um, I think that's something that it does. You come out and you feel pretty interesting and energized in a way but also being able to, to sleep better, it's mm. very helpful. Um, and then to piggyback on that technology, um, when, we talk, when I talk about the, the big three, mm. it kind of leads into one of the other technologies when we talk about the New Yorker and what you expect of the New Yorker. And, it's, and, and they are exactly the way you think they are. Okay? <laughs> they're, they're on the go all the time, busy, yes. going here and there, and even mm. when they're not, busy they're busy um, and I, I find that to be a sad state of affairs but always trying to find something to to do and sometimes it's not even productive it's just busy and that's unfortunate so what we do is we found the technology and this is one of the reasons we consider ourselves to be a fully comprehensive recovery studio where we're not just focused on orthopedics but we want to focus on people's mental and cognitive uh, capacities as well so if I had somebody, even an athlete, and they're in what we call a slump, they're not usually in a slump because they rolled their ankle, because then we would say they're hurt. Mm. But when you're in a slump, you can't hit a baseball or you can't get the ball to go in the basket or whatever, like whatever sport you're playing, it's just not doing it. And a lot of times that's, that's cognitive. That's mm. something that's going on in the head and that needs to be addressed. So we... Um, brought in a technology called NuCalm, N-U-C-A-L-M, mm -hmm. and it is the only FDA-approved technology to minimize stress and anxiety and improve sleep quality without the use of pharmaceuticals. So we, uh, we brought it in and uh, we started using it. And I remember the first time I used it, um, just to go through a little bit of the system of NuCalm, 
there's a topical cream that you'll rub on your neck and it's called GABA, G-A-B-A. Mm-hmm. And GABA is an amino acid, but this is an exogenous amino acid of GABA that you put on your neck and it's taken up transdermally into your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And it's our number one means of what we call a neuroinhibitor. So it calms us down. So when you hear people ever say like, I'm going to take a drink to take the edge off. Well, alcohol actually connects to GABA B receptor sites. So what we're doing, instead of putting alcohol in those receptor sites, is we're putting GABA into GABA receptor sites. And so we're getting people to calm down, relax, feel absolutely chilled out. And then there are electrodes that we put on the base of the neck. We put them right behind the ears. And when we put it there, it's an, um, what's called a transcranial stimulator. And it's, it's used as kind of like the garage door opener that allows GABA to be taken up into the brain. And then you listen to music, and that music is a very advanced algorithm binaural beat. And it plays different frequencies in each ear at different times. And it kind of oscillates so that uh, a smart brain would would hear it, would start to catch on to what it's trying to do, and then wouldn't allow it to happen. But because mm-hmm. the way this is set up, um, you're not going to get used to it. And so your brain starts to follow that frequency into a hypnotic state. And uh, when you do it, here's what you would expect, is that your heart rate and respiratory rate would slow down within the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, after about five minutes to 10 minutes, Um, you're going to feel like you're sinking into the chair because your muscles are relaxing. And then eventually people often have what we call non-linear thoughts. So they start thinking things that just don't make sense linearly. Uh, And which means like, that was a weird thought. I wonder why I thought that. And then they start dreaming oftentimes and yet they are awake for every bit of it. So that's kind of a cool experience to know that you're dreaming and you're like, I know I'm dreaming, this is weird. Um, And then you you go in and out of these phases where you're dreaming or you're having these nonlinear thoughts and then you go, hey, that's weird. I'm in control again. I know what's happening. It's just drift off again. Um, And so when that happens and when people say, I couldn't tell if I was asleep or not, then I went, good, you were in the right place. So it's not designed to put you to sleep, um, but you're definitely not going to be in a, uh, what you might consider to be really that awake. I tell people it's kind of like listening to a a really boring uh, conference meeting. Uh, You're all in this kind of room and you're listening or you're listening to professor talk and you can still hear them but you're, quote, just resting your eyes. So that's kind I like, of... Like, I like the sound of that yeah. one. I like yeah, the sound of that. That sounds exactly. really cool. And so it's like they're sort of getting sort of some benefits of relaxation and sleep just by sitting there. Is that kind of what the outcome is for the person? Yeah, it's interesting. So about 30 minutes of a new calm session equates to about two to three hours of restorative sleep. So uh, it is a significant benefit for people who are not getting enough sleep. I I will say this, and I think it's a valuable caveat to throw in there. For the same way that I would say that a poor diet supplemented is still a poor diet. Yeah. uh, Same thing with sleep. So poor sleep supplemented, even with Nucom, is still poor sleep, and that should be addressed. Hmm. But let's acknowledge that the supplements can be very helpful if it's something that you can't do very well. And we found that 
people who are having a bit of trouble with insomnia, um, more importantly, people who are having issues with uh, uh, anxiety and depression um, could feel uh, a little more relaxed and a little bit more in control. And with that said, I find it pretty interesting that the, the first industry that grabbed hold of Newcom and found great value in it was dentistry because it was initially designed for people with acute PTSD. And what dentistry did is they said, man, there are a lot of people who are stressed out going to see the dentist. And so they started buying Newcom. And it, it doesn't mean that you don't still hurt if, somebody, if you don't get Novocaine or something like that, mm. but you don't feel anxiety as the needle is coming. Mm. Uh, you don't feel anxiety when you hear the drill happening. And mm. so it is the, they were the largest purchasers for a very long time of Newcom just because of its help with anxiety uh, yeah. and depression. And so what we use it for mostly is not so much anxiety and depression, though if somebody asked for it for those reasons, we'd be happy to utilize it, mm -hmm. um, but mostly for sleep and helping people kind of rejuvenate and that type of recovery that they're not getting enough of that we provide yeah. that service for them. Yeah, no, that's great. And I can, like, I'm just, I just know, like, for me personally, with I've got a three-year-old now, but the first couple of years, it's a yeah. lot better now. But like the new mums would be like, give me some of wow. this. Because you, you know, like you lose so much sleep and it's not ideal, but something yeah. like, <clears throat> excuse me, something like that would just be really, really cool. I will say that because I have a four-year-old. It is really, really cool. I've had access to these <laughs> for about two years and uh, I use it regularly. I had a... Um, a flight home to see my parents recently and it was a very short amount of time that I was home and I just did a 30-minute newcom session in the middle of the day so that uh that I could get back and go to my parents events that evening for the 50th wedding anniversary so yeah that's uh, cool you can utilize it for stuff like that yeah yeah and, and my daughter I have a daughter that's 11 years old mm. and she has a hard time sleeping sometimes so she'll come into my room and say dad can I do that music thing so she's talking about the new calm and I'll set her up on it and she'll fall asleep usually within 10 or 15 minutes and which is interesting because she's probably been in there for hours uh, yeah. trying to sleep and unable to and so it's a pretty powerful technology. Yeah that's awesome so there's there's two of the two of the top three so what's the third one that's mm -hmm. your the big player that you use? Yeah so the other one is the infrared sauna mm -hmm. and Infrared saunas are pretty popular, and, mm. and uh, I, I think they're popular sometimes for the good reason and sometimes for an absolutely uh, wrong reason, but mm -hmm. it's kind of like exercise. You can, you can get into exercise to look better, and I'm not saying that's a wrong reason, but I will say that it also grants you the benefits that exercise provides for all the right reasons, which is it can help you live better and live fuller lives and mm -hmm. increase your activities of daily living and mm -hmm. provide you capacity you wouldn't have otherwise. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't work out to look better because that's a great thing to do. Yeah. Um, but you get a lot of other wonderful benefits with that. So the same thing goes with the infrared sauna. A lot of people do it because they think they're gonna lose weight. Um, and, and you will, but it's just sweat. And so if you weigh yourself before, you weigh yourself after, uh, you will have lost water weight. And as soon as you rehydrate, you will gain that weight back. Hmm. So it's not a real weight loss situation. The only people that have used it 
for weight loss and understand truly what it's for are people who are trying to cut weight for competitions. And we have several um, UFC fighters and Bellator fighters, which is um, uh, large MMA promotions. And they actually will come in and do um, the infrared sauna in preparation for their weight cut. That's not the benefits of it. The benefits truly come from the light itself. So even if people are like, it's really hot, I don't like it, then I just say, go sit in the sauna and leave the door open because mm-hmm. the benefits aren't necessarily from the heat. They're from infrared light itself. And there's something about infrared light that helps to facilitate the um, rejuvenation of uh, cells and tissue in the body. And so it's been used used for, I guess, a couple of decades, which are near-spectrum infrared that's been used on the face and it's been helped with, it helps with scarring, it's been used in dermatology to help with acne, it's been used to help with some other things that that just help the face. Um, They've used full-spectrum, not full-spectrum, near-far-spectrum infrared light Mm -hmm. that has helped with even the rejuvenation of tissues like tendon and ligaments, which is fascinating because they don't heal very well. They don't have uh, a very good blood supply to those tissues. Uh, And yet we find that infrared light has been helpful in helping those tissues uh, heal and strengthen. So Mm. when you put your whole body in that full spectrum of light, so it's a near, mid-range, and far infrared light, it is about getting your body to... um, to, to be exposed to the light that we oftentimes don't expose ourselves to, uh, even in natural light. And it's pretty cold up here in New York right now. And so we've been covered up and we're D3 deficient and uh, we don't let sun into our bodies the way that we need to or, and, and the way that will be helpful. So what we do is say, hey, here's uh, infrared that's going to help facilitate tissue repair and it doesn't contain any of the, the other light spectrums that can actually cause damage to cells. Yeah, yeah. And there's, um, what brand would you recommend? Because I, I, I use one, like I go and use one nearly once a week, mm-hmm. once a fortnight. I love it. Like for me, no, it's wonderful. Really good when I go and use it. But I, I know when I was looking into it, considering getting one at home, there's so many different brands to choose from. So do you have yeah. a particular brand that you recommend? Because there seems to be quite a, variants not only in price but in you know what's i guess safe for people to use yeah yeah sure um i I like we use a brand here called sunlighten Hmm. and sunlighten is a brand um i don't know what the access is for uh you know where their reach is yeah when we found yeah i don't know yeah Yeah, no it is Um, yeah oh it is it is yeah yeah yeah. it is out here yeah Hmm. oh fantastic um we like that brand for a couple of reasons um we like the programming that they have for it. And so they'll have programs that's kind of kind of preset based on research that says, well, this is what the research shows the light frequency that was best for muscles that were strained. And mm-hmm. so you can just put that program in and it will feel, um, you, you can use a program for skin health or you can use a program for pain relief and things like that. So um, we just thought it was very smart. And the way that they did it and based it off the frequencies that were utilized in the, the research, uh, it was just something that, that piqued our interest uh, a lot. And then we spoke with them and they just, the representatives were really quite, quite wonderful. 
And um, that always makes a big difference when you yeah, yeah. when you talk to somebody and you go, you know what? I think you're the people to work with. Yeah, no, that's really cool. So you use it for like, I guess, recovery, like healing. Are there other benefits that you see with people using the infrared? Yeah, so some of it is, um, we, there's been linked to the production of BDNF or brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which is exactly why we call it BDNF because nobody's going to walk around saying that. Yeah. Uh, and BDNF has been referred to as kind of the miracle bro for the brain. And it helps um, increase the um, the dendrite tentacles, uh, mm-hmm. and allows to increase the number of synapses, so mm-hmm. that uh, the nerves can can move and function in between other nerves better and faster. And mm-hmm. so, um, so there's some some um, evidence that shows increase in BDNF, which is very good. So we know that it's, it can be good for the brain, mm. not just for the body, not just for the tissues. And then the heat itself can be beneficial as well. Um, and the heat can help to provide something called a heat shock protein. And that heat shock protein helps with, um, with managing stress. And so by putting stress on the body, your body produces proteins that help cope with stress. Yeah, I really love it. Like, I just know that I feel better, like off, definitely more alert a lot of the time. And you just feel yeah. better. like your body feels it recovers better. And yeah, I think it's a great thing to be able to use. I guess oh, after a good, like high intensity interval training class or something like that, I love going to the infrared saunas. I love it. It's super helpful. Yeah, no, it's so good. And I guess what I want to ask you as well, because I'll put all those links to the all those different things that you spoke about to see what um, sure. is available out here for people to go and try. I'm very keen to try some of those. <laughs> the, the yeah, new- I hope you will. Yeah, I'm very keen to. So I guess what I'm also wanting just for the listeners at home, because you obviously have done a lot of research into recovery, for people mm-hmm. that don't have access to those particular, um, I guess, pieces of equipment, what would be some tips that people could do at home that could aid their recovery? What would you sort of... Uh, It's a great question. Hmm. Uh, And it depends on what they're trying to recover from. So I will say this first and foremost, and and even if you do have access to the stuff that we have, you should still do all of these things. So first thing is sleep. Hmm. Um, Getting between seven and nine hours of sleep is great. And it's something that you should do uh, and aim for and strive for and not just not just say it sounds like a good idea. Um, I believe and find it very unfortunate that sometimes we, um, it's like a badge of honor to say, oh, I only got four hours of sleep last night. You know, mm-hmm. check it out. I'm still here. I'm still here and I'm doing this stuff and I only had four hours of sleep. Look at me. Look at me. And uh, instead of going, oh man, that's crazy. Wow. It's so amazing that you're doing that. That's great. You should be like, wow, that, I think that's kind of a, some bad decisions. <laughs> I think you should really get some more sleep. Exactly. Um, And then the other thing with that is one of the biggest components of sleep hygiene, which is just excellent sleep practice, Mm -hmm. is scheduling your sleep. And I know that's tough for people in the fitness industry who sometimes train at night and train later, and then they have to get up early in the morning Mm -hmm. and uh, and go back to work and find these gaps in the middle of the day. But ultimately, um, try to go to sleep around the same time, get up around the same time every day as a sleep habit and that will actually be very beneficial um, as as a means of recovery Mm -hmm. Uh, some other things for recovery um, I I think 
some things make more sense than others. I, I mean, sleep is the number one thing that we need to to address, but we also need to think about what our diet is like. And sometimes we don't make the best decisions with our food intake, and we're kind of over macronutrients uh, via calories, and we under micronutrients with things like vitamins and minerals and water and um, uh, phytonutrients and things like that. So uh, just to, to be aware of our diet and realize that it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's like we think we, we, we can have a little bit of bad stuff and it's all going to be okay until that little bit of bad stuff becomes the norm in our diet. And so it's true. You can have a little bit of bad and having a little bit of bad is not going to hurt you. And it's the same way that, you know, if you have a really poor diet, having a little bit of good isn't going to heal you. Um, so, uh, you know, every six weeks being like, oh, I'll have that salad now. Uh, it's probably not the uh, most consistent not gonna that they prefer. No. Uh, so diet, um, uh, I think another thing that people don't utilize as a component of recovery is actually exercise. And oftentimes we will do what we call recovery bouts of exercise. So that might be a longer, slower, um, less intense um, row uh, or bike ride or run, just something that's not pressing us as hard and it actually helps our body to recover faster. Even from exercise, that could have been more intense. Um, uh, I do advocate taking days off from exercise, but also a huge advocate of very light exercise uh, and that could even include things like yoga and pilates and and let's be honest some yoga and pilates is in the high intensity <laughs> interval training uh, world so uh, but finding things that can be a little bit milder on the body to help you recover faster and then never underestimate the importance and the value that you can get out of using a foam roller and stretching yeah, and I think it's so important to apply all of those things you just spoke about because people are, um, even if they're not athletes, people are busy, they're stressed, they're, you know, they That's need right. to recover from life, not just from training. So I think it's really yeah. to, you know, have these principles as a part of your daily practice. It's something that I feel am really passionate about as well. So, yeah, that's right. awesome. Yeah, I think so. For anyone who goes to New York, everyone has to go to the um, yeah. Center. I'll put the links there too. Like I, I know when I head back there, we'll all be heading in. Um, Good. What I asked all my guests at the end, um, Rick, as well, is just you're certainly someone, and that's your, you've got that energy. I love following you on Instagram. You're always out doing amazing things, both professionally and also with your family. And I really get like our guests to share, like, what sort of advice would you have for the will to live your most fulfilling life? Because you certainly do that. I, I just would like to get your take on that. Um. I kind of direct your attention to, a, there's a guy on Instagram. I used to know him um, and he's been really wonderful. He's got a, his name is Jesse Itzler and um, he's married to Sarah Blakely, who's the founder of Spanx. And so they're doing okay. Just in case you're wondering, they're fine. They'll be okay. Uh, and he's, he's an entrepreneur in his own right, but he's created something, uh, a course called build your life resume. And, and I, kind of I'm drawn to that idea because it's not about, to me, um, how much money is in my bank account, even though I like that. Um, it's not to me about uh, having a, a six pack of abs, though I would like that. 
it, it's really about um, life. And at the end of it, you look back and, and can say, hey, I, I did what was right and what made me happy, uh, what made other people happy, what created significance and um, uh, value and understanding that that I could I could really focus a lot more on business and be upset the rest of my life that uh, my kids don't know who I am, or I can focus on my kids but and not focus as much on business and um, and not give them the things that I would want them to have and um, minimize the amount of work and effort that they'd have to do in order to achieve something that. Um, that was supported by me and I was able to help them out. So I just try to find, you know, where's that balance between uh, doing what I love and being around the people that I love and trying to, to realize that it's, you know, life is the resume, not just work. It's not just, you know, did, it, did we hit up uh, and speak at conferences at six different international cities last year? And that was cool. That was yeah. cool. I enjoyed it. But um, it, it thwarted a little bit some other parts of my life resume. It was good for the business resume. So that's where I look at it this year and say it might be it might be Thailand. It might it might be another location, but uh, I have to pump the brakes on it because um, you know there are other responsibilities and things that I need to attend to. So uh, I'd say ultimately balance, but balance through decision and not balance from. Oh, it's just funny that it worked out that I don't have a meeting that day, so I can go to your soccer practice. You know, I just, yeah. it's, it's, it's through planning and uh, planned balance is, is very valuable and something that I think we should all kind of participate in a bit more. Yeah, that's, I love that life resume concept. That is really, really cool because that's ultimately what yeah. it's about. Yeah. Well, Look, thank you so much. I so appreciate your time and I loved you sharing all that stuff. There's some great pieces of advice. <clears throat> I keep it's early in the morning here in Australia, so I've hopped up early in New York, so my voice has gone tricky a couple of times, which is kind of weird. Um, it's very important. Um, but thank you so much. Like, I know there's some great tools that I know people will be excited to try like I am and will really help with recovering from life because if we want to live our most fulfilling life, recovery is such an important aspect of it. So thank you so much. I can't tell you how much I'm grateful for your time today. Uh, thank you. It's been a pleasure to be on and thank you so much for getting up early to accommodate my <laughs> schedule. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. I'm Angela Lee, and you've been listening to Will to Live, the podcast. You can join us on Facebook in our Will to Live online community, that's L-I-V, Facebook group, or follow Angela Lee on social media and at www.angelalee.com.au. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to pay for the gifts of living, please share with your friends, and if you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast. Thanks so much.